Previously on the Days Past Tooncast. We have adult conversations, of course, about yesterday's, yesterday's animations. animations. We are talking about X-Men. Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, and Professor Xavier. Wolverine. Storm and Rogue. Gambit. Ooh, Jubilation. The first two episodes of this entire series, kind of like a, a joint pilot called Night of the Sentinels. That's what this show is about. Acceptance of diversity. Right. Get behind it I'm or don't. I'm, I'm right in line. The X-Men, they decide that the only way to fix this, and they're pretty much all in agreement is to break into a government facility an X-Man dies. Ooh, jubilation! <laughs> this is going to be a little bit of a challenge to make fun of. It's just a good show. We're going to pick on some stuff. Don't, don't you worry, guys. Exposition gets pretty out of hand a lot of the time. Jubilation. Uh, <laughs> Every time. The production on this show, I'm going to have more to say about it maybe than usual. There was a book called Previously on X-Men written by Eric LeWald yeah. who was basically the showrunner Ooh, jubilation. Someone needs to, she's part of that generation. <laughs> they were just kind of like, how is this going to work? You guys want to do like a serious cartoon, drama, continuing storylines? Yeah. There was a producer pushing for this stuff. Only a few people were really sure that this is a great idea. Jubilation. This is a Saban one, okay? Haim Saban is the owner, notorious for doing everything as cheaply as possible. I really thought you'd be a Stanley fan, I think Stanley did amazing things back in the day. Right. I wouldn't involve him in anything modern unless I wanted it to sound stilted in 1960s. Yeah. His dialogue <laughs> was maybe hip in 1965. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just seems like an old man who says like, y'all should be making my show. Ooh, jubilation. Jubilation. Jubilation's running away. <laughs> I'm gonna call her that every time. <laughs> now I can't stop. Jubilee gets knocked out and they bring her back to the mansion while she is unconscious. And when she wakes up, she's freaked out, which, you know, understandably, she's in a place she doesn't know where she is. A bunch of things just happened. And she gets up and starts walking around the mansion. And this is when she first sees Beast, like she's hiding somewhere and sees Beast. And he's talking to himself about being the Beast, essentially, yeah. like making a like interesting or whatever. And then she goes and sees another guy named Morph. Who's also talking to himself? Like any, I guess in their their free time, the X Men just have personal conversations. Just all of them. That's what they do is just sit there and talk to themselves all day. Uh, Beast, you know, we've we've heard a little no, bit. There's no lack of imagination here. For I these guess guys. not. Well, I will say, okay, so Morph, we have to talk about. Morph is the character who dies. He is the character that kind of was created for the cartoon, but not really. He's based on a character named Changeling that was briefly around in the comics or way early on. Um, he sucks. As a character. I, I don't care for him. And what's interesting is that they chose him to die. And when they did uh, focus groups like yeah. to find out, what, well, who's your favorite X-Man? Morph came back as their favorite X-Man. How is that possible on a team where Wolverine is present? Or Gambit or Rogue, for that matter. Morph was their favorite. I think because he joked around. He joked around. I mean, I mean. He's not funny. Maybe because um, they knew they were going to kill him off that they tried to make him, they tried to make him lovable towards the crowd. Well, that, and so kids definitely fell in the. Well, that's the thing is that they did intentionally try yeah. to make him like likable. I just feel like they failed. I don't think he's funny. <laughs> I don't think he's cool. Like, I mean, he just seems annoying. He's got that laugh, like, like the weasel laugh that they talk about on Billy Madison. Like, right. <laughs> Like that kind of laugh is just, he seems more to me like a bad guy in disguise is how I felt like. Yeah. And then they kill him. And guess what? He was popular enough that they brought him back in the second season. They killed him off in the first season to show how serious they were about the consequences of violence. And then they bring him back because he's popular and they had pressure from outside to do that. Now they bring him back in a way that's like dark and everything. He's not the person he was. But I remember when he came back in the second season, I was pissed off. Not because they had gone back on the deal. I was like, I don't want to see this guy anymore. He, two episodes was more than enough you threw, to deal with you them. You threw the next PB&J against right. the wall. Well, you know, it's funny. I have his, <laughs> his figure 
in the other room. That's one yeah. of the X-Men figures I have. But he came with removable head so that you could like put on other characters' heads. Uh, yeah. But I lost his actual head. So he just looks like a Cyclops figure because I put the Cyclops head on him just with kind of a different costume or <laughs> whatever. Lost oh, a long time ago. And I'm fine with that. I'd rather have a second Cyclops than even one morph. Oh, man. Fuck you, morph. He's got just the ugliest cartoon dead. face ever. He really does. They, tr- they kind of drew it similar to the comic character. He is a very ugly man. Uh, why he would be an ugly man and ever, if you can change your shape, he's a shapeshifter. That's true. I don't know. Um, but I will his say... Char- I mean, his power is really cool. It's a great power, and I wanted them to use it more. I guess they re- they replaced that later on, right, with... She's not an X-Men, though. Hmm. Yeah, she's a bad, a bad person. Okay. She's bad. <laughs> um, you're talking about Mystique, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she shows up. She's not on the X-Men team. On the X-Men scene. Eating those X-Men greens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to come up with another song. It's not working. I want to hear more because the first thing he says is actually funny to me. This shocking incident at New Salem Mall is just part of the growing menace of mutant violence. My fellow Americans, I am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, there was. I think there was honestly more of it than I even gathered up. Um, no, that's pretty funny. I think that's a funny line. I yeah. think that's a funny way of delivering it. Um, but what happens is he's watching TV and, and um, Senator Robert Kelly, who's now shown up in the films and the TV series and the comics and everything, is who's talking. And then he changes into him, but then says that at the end of it. Something about Robert Kelly that I didn't notice as a kid in comics, you tend to have like older men will have brown hair and then it's turning white on the bottom half. <laughs> yeah. And that that's semi-realistic. That's okay. that's kind of, that happens. I'm, yeah. I've got grays down more down there than up here. Yeah, you do. But yeah, I do. Yeah, wow. you do. Gray's beautiful. It's great. Yeah. Gray's the new. This is a gray. This is a podcast about diversity, Travis. Yeah. Why don't you get behind it? I'm I'm right behind it. Why don't you get under it? I'm under it. Why don't you get on I'm top on, of that? I'm on top. Get right in front of it. Behind it. Get diagonal to it. Yep. Caddy corner, caddy wampus. Instead of just having like the bottom half of his hair turning white, he just has like a headband of hair that goes around the back. So like at the very bottom, it's brown. Then there's a band of white, and then there's more brown on top. Like he, that's a dye job. You can't. You don't just have that happen. That, that doesn't come natural. I don't think that's how it works, man. I think it's supposed <laughs> to be white and then down from there. It's yeah. like a bridal <laughs> crown <laughs> of white hair that goes around him. And then, so after Jubilee sees this, she runs into another room. We see a bunch of screens of cameos of various X-Men or just other mutant characters that don't get mentioned. And again, it's like, no, come on, I need it. Pause for a second. Yeah, Pause. exactly. Well, they, they did that on purpose. Info because, dump. Info yeah, dump. I just wanted to see these freaking characters. <laughs> but she hears that Professor X and Jean Grey are coming in. And so she runs. They notice that she's there. They're both telepaths. I don't know how they didn't realize there's this other person around. But when they realize that she's there, Professor X sounds like a villain. He goes, she's trying to escape. It sounds like you captured her. You didn't bring her in for health purposes. Like if you go to the hospital and you try to leave, they don't say, stop trying to escape. And then he 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 sets off an alarm that says intruder alert. There's intruder in the building. Like that would make her freak out more. And it does. Like that's panicking. If your dog is hurt and you start panicking around the dog, the dog's going to freak out. Right. Don't do that. You're (laughs) Professor Charles Xavier. You can deal with this, dude. Like, I don't know. It just seems a very like. You got Cerebro. (laughs) Cerie, bro. <laughs> it seems like tactless on his part to just treat this. I don't know. What is she supposed to be like 14 years old, 15 years old yeah. to treat her like a, a soldier? <laughs> I mean, it's it's very inappropriate. It is. We forgot a very important mutant that was introduced at the mansion at the very end of that scene. A little man. He is a little man <laughs> named Wolverine who is portrayed about the right size here. Maybe a little tall, but certainly not as tall as Hugh Jackman. He's supposed to be like 5'5 five, five in the comics. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that's the idea is that a Wolverine is a very small mammal that can, like, kick ass. It's the, um, oh, what was the stupid honey badger? Yeah, the, it's yeah, like a right. honey badger. Right. It's very much like it will defend itself. It'll do, it can, you know, do anything basically and protect itself. It'll fight bears or something like that, but it's small. Yeah. And hairy. <laughs> And so that was where the name came from. And so, I mean, he's been portrayed as more and more handsome in the comics over the years, especially after the movies came out. Yeah. But yeah, he's a smaller guy. 
And so Wolverine makes his appearance in the danger room of all places. Uh. And the first thing, it is an awesome voice. It's the first time Wolverine was voiced correctly in the original version. And we're going to have to, like, we can't even discuss it because it's going to be a major topic of discussion when we do that actual episode. But the original one, they actually made him Australian on accident. Which is funny because the actor that portrays him in the films is Australian. It was a long time before that. On this, they got a jazz singer from Canada who was also an actor. Uh, He came in and they asked him to, like, you know, they just described the guy. And then he's like, you mean like this? And they were just like, oh, that's it. That's it. And so, like, everybody since then has had to do that type of voice, basically. Um, It's a pretty ridiculous voice, honestly. Like, it's great. A jazz singer? Yeah, jazz singer. And here's the thing. He whispers, like, half the things he says. It sounds like he can't project with that voice. Yeah. Like, how do I talk loud if I'm talking like Clint Eastwood all the time? And that's the thing is, like, when I do uh, the character Cancer, that's basically the voice that I'm doing. And I have the problem constantly of, like, I have to be directed into being louder because to do that and not growl like this, like, is to be, you have to kind of keep it down there. But again, it's, like, it's awesome. He's a great, great, uh, well-acted. I really love it. Anybody notify the kids' parents so we get them and we shred them. You sure make a lot of noise. Did you find the child? Her trail went cold outside the house. Got bit by a dog, too. (laughs) I love that detail. Why does he say it, though? Why does he have to reveal that to them? That's so funny. Got bit by a dog, too. Like, why is that a cool... I feel like he feels... One thing I feel like is a weird, little weird about is that I do feel like he thinks what he's saying is cool. Yeah. And I don't think Wolverine's that self-aware. I think he just says what he says. Oh, okay. I don't think he decides what's cool or not. He just says... He's not even trying to be funny either. No, huh? no. He's like, also, I, I also was bit by a dog. He's just telling you facts. Why would, yeah, why would he say that, though? Like, he's healed from it. He's yeah. fine. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about this dog. It just seems like a totally random thing that happened to him. Maybe, yeah. maybe it didn't even happen during that time. Like, he just got bit by a dog also that day. He's letting you know. Uh, Update. <laughs> um, Just letting you know my neighbor died as well. Yeah. I'm having a hard time over here. It's just a weird thing. I mean, I know that Clint Eastwood, they they made notes like when they put out the casting call, like I guess the... Dirty Harry. They actually did put Clint, Clint Eastwood on there. Yeah, yeah like as, as a person to kind of uh, reflect, reflect? A person to keep in mind. Okay. How about that? Yeah. Good lord, I'm getting <laughs> lightheaded over here. Um, blah, blah. When the X-Men decide to go break into this thing, this government thing, uh, Cyclops, you know, just is kind of questioning it a little bit even, which I think is very appropriate. Like, at least think about it. Let's have one person question it. Not instead of everyone in the room saying like, yeah, commit crime, sounds good. Against the government, a federal crime. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, he, and when he goes to talk well, to... Yeah, we're already outcasted. Let's let's do it. What else could go wrong? When he goes after Professor Xavier to talk to him about it, Wolverine, you get your first taste of, like, Wolverine and Cyclops having this thing where they go at each other. Um, it's so, like, father and son to me, yeah. which is so funny because Wolverine is an infinitely older than Cyclops. But Cyclops reacts to Wolverine, some of the things he says, like a father whose daughter is trying to go out, like, with without enough clothes on. <laughs> like, no. No, you are not doing that. And it, it, like he's such the dad, and Wolverine's like, you can't tell me what to do. Wolverine goes where Wolverine wants, wants to, to go. go. He yeah. says that like ten times. It's it's very funny, but it also sets up this perfect dichotomy. It's where we got this whole Cyclops sucks thing. I think because the comics he wasn't like the the wet blanket really. Yeah, and I feel like that's what he, they made him out to be, and that's why we ended up with the shitty Cyclops in the movies. <laughs> But, well, of course, because Wolverine's the cool guy, so you yeah. got to be the shitty one. What's the matter? Teacher's pet got cold feet. Anytime, pretty boy. Cyclops, I just went to check on Jubilee. She's gone. I'm going after her. No way, Wolverine. We've got a job to do first. I go. I want to go. Out of the way, Gumbo. just unnecessarily uh, gruff about everything. (laughs) Like, that's the thing is, I love Wolverine. I really do. 
And there was a time in the 70s when they were writing him kind of as a teenager, almost like like a grumpy teenager. Yeah. Um, but like the wolf. He does act like one. Yeah, he's definitely acting like one right there. Like he's being <laughs> shitty for no reason. Like he at the end is like, out of my way, gumbo. It's like, <laughs> that's your buddy Gambit. Why do you yeah. have to be an asshole to him? Like he didn't do it. He's not even part of the conversation. <laughs> um, man, I, I do love it when him and Cyclops get into it because I don't feel like they take away Cyclops's own coolness completely when they do that here. Like, he's still clearly ready to rumble. Mm, right, That episode ends with the X-Men having broken into the base, and then the cliffhangers that, like, the government agents are arriving. They're wearing armor, and it, like, this power armor, like Iron Man style, yeah. just inexplicably. So what is the deal with the, the state of the country? Like, is there <laughs> futuristic technology available? Like, because if there is, mutants aren't that big a deal, are they? Yeah, In right. my mind, at least. But the X-Men are they're having a bad time because the ones on the outside who are watching them do this covert operation is not very covert. They're yeah. spending their time doing exposition and making making jokes basically yeah. and you've got half of a team just waiting outside as backup i guess like but they they landed their jet their vertical takeoff jet out there how does that not show up on a radar <laughs> i mean or something so even visible like just to look in the sky i right. mean again this is gi joe all over again yeah, it is um but the, you have these tanks showing up outside and on the inside they are getting overtaken by soldiers luckily they make their way past that and then they beast tries to introduce a virus into the computer system yeah. And when it doesn't take, like, when it takes too long, Storm just blows it up with a lightning bolt. So why not just do that in the first place? Like, that's truly a way to, because here's the thing. I don't know if they understand how, like, hard drives, I think there were external hard drives at that time. <laughs> the government did have the internet at the yeah. time. They probably backed things up somewhere else. Maybe you needed that virus. But Storm's like, no time, zap. She's impatient. I don't know. Struck me as kind of, again, childish. They're all teenagers on yeah, this show. they are, man. But they, they're making their way out, and it seems like they're scot-free until Sentinels showed up, which, why weren't there Sentinels guarding the place in the first place? I don't know. But Morph dies trying to save Wolverine from a blast from a Sentinel. This is a completely unnecessary death. It's Wolverine. He'll, he'll be okay. That's true. You don't yeah. need to save him. And they tried to establish this thing. Like Wolverine apparently thinks Morph is funny. They wanted to set it up so that like he's the only guy, he says, he's the only guy that ever made me laugh, really. Like, you've been alive for a hundred years. <laughs> you've laughed before. There were times in your life where you were a child and you yeah. were a happy man. Like, even before you were Wolverine, so to speak. You used to feel. And You have felt things what, before, sir. What, what humor do you have that you think this guy is so funny? Yeah. Morph. It's not funny. None of the things he says are funny except for that one line. Uh, his, his ugly little face. Oh, my God. So ugly. And Wolverine makes a reference to Wizard of the Oz. Wizard of the Oz. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Oz yeah. the Wizard of <laughs> He makes right. He goes, all right, Tin Man, you know, or whatever he says. I'm sending you back to Oz in pieces. I don't buy. Somehow, I don't believe that Wolverine has ever seen Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It doesn't make. It doesn't feel right you to me. You don't think so? I don't. Man, it just doesn't feel right. Doesn't seem like he would be a guy who would go see that film. And he was probably alive when it came out, but I don't think he would have gone and seen it, and I don't think he would have watched it on TV since then. <laughs> just strikes me as a weird combo, a weird reference for him to make. It is, you know, a man. weird pop culture thing. This whole issue blows up because it's revealed that the X-Men have done this crime and the, the president comes on the screen. Female president. Exactly. No fanfare. And I I mean, if this is true in the world, there shouldn't be any fanfare. She's already been elected. You know, yeah. She doesn't have to say, I, the first elected president. <laughs> but you would think with everything else they do explain that that would get a little bit of time. But no, they... Just I'm have the her first female president. I will not. Yeah, exactly. they should have gone down that path yeah, a little bit. I, I, it's great that they did that. It's yeah. really cool. It just um, is kind of interesting that they just fly it in under the radar. But that's, I guess, how it should be. You know, no yeah. biggie. Where's the first mutant president? That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, but that, like, she comes on and the, what she says, she says some things that sound pretty crazy coming out of a presidential mouth in the real world. She says, sentinels, robot policemen is what she calls the sentinels. That seems reductive to me to call the the Sentinels robot policemen. It just that's a think if President Trump came on and said we have robot policemen on the scene taking care of these mutants. 
that is a fucking insane thing for a president to have to say. Like, you should get a cabinet member to say that, yeah. not you. That should never be you <laughs> saying robot anything. Yeah. Like, don't we, can, we don't even talk about the drones that way. We don't talk, talk about them, how they are robots, essentially, because that's a weird science fiction thing that presidents just shouldn't have in their mouths. That's, yeah. Keep the robot out your mouth. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Henry Peter Gyrick, the bad man, who's in charge of the Sentinels and this kind of rogue element in the government, he's got a factory with Bolivar Trask, which is a name taken straight from the comics. And I, I would say if you leave any name in the comics, leave Bolivar Trask in the comics. That's a terrible name. <laughs> Awful you, name. You don't like it, huh? Well, I mean, it's just so... Who named this person? A writer did. Like, it just sounds like two two names that were almost made up, thrown together, yeah. you know, just for fun. But, I mean, again, I can't blame the cartoon series except for choosing to make the same mistake again that the comics already made once. But he's like a scientist behind the Sentinels. We barely get any time with him. But him and Gyrick have apparently made an agreement that they won't hunt mutants until they have 100 Sentinels. <laughs> Which seems like a funny, like they have a business plan yeah. for their mutant hunting robot policemen. You got to have a model. I guess so. It is. <laughs> we said we'd have a hundred before we started doing this, but Peter Ga Henry Peter Gyrick is just so I don't know Jones in for that mutant blood that he's like kidnapping Jubilee, questioning her. When he questions people, by the way, he reminds me so much of Agent Smith or whatever from the Matrix. The one that re replicates himself, that's like Mr. Anderson. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, he yeah, totally, yeah. he has the glasses, but the way he talks to people is like, are any of your daughter's friends mutants? Like, he's kind of being nice, but he's being all, like, raspy and weird. <laughs> what a weird thing to ask, by the way, but I they are. So It does remind me of him, though. A lot, man. Like, yeah. really, his demeanor, big time. I, I like him. I think he was well done. I mean, he's, he. we don't get to know why he hates mutants so much, or at least suspects them of so much, but they've got a whole factory where they're creating Sentinels, and what struck me as so, so funny was that, like, Cyclops' plan to get to the Sentinels is, is not bad. Right. He, he goes to Wolverine, doesn't apologize. Wolverine's at a bar, by the way, starting a bar fight with a guy who talks just like Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah. Do total Jack Nicholson impression. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, do a Jack Nicholson impression. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you get out of here, fur face? This here's our table. I'll bet. Yeah, right. I don't think you heard me, but come on, big man. The fussball's a mutant. Why don't you go back to the freak show? I go where I want to go. He gets in a bar fight there. Cyclops comes in and kind of saves him. Not even saves him, but puts an end to it. Yeah. And he says, how, how would you like to go to where the Sentinels are? Well, the plan is that he goes and talks to Jubilee's parents, knowing, I guess, that the dad will report them to the mutant registry, which he did to his own daughter. Like, that's not good parenting, I don't think, to report your daughter to this government. It's a foster daughter. You're not being a very good parent to not report her. Yeah. I mean, to to report her to this government agency where apparently police, robot policemen, you yeah. know, are, are heading it up. Uh, but I guess Cyclops kind of realizes that if he does that, a sentinel will show up because he will report it, and he does. And then he just blasts the sentinel's arm off. Cyclops just figured it would go home injured and not fight anymore, which he, well, he's right. The sentinel's flying back to the factory. It's flying fine. It looks like totally normal. It's just missing an arm. And suddenly it decides to just crash through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> of the factory like that's like it's malfunctioning in some way like it can't land properly but it's fine right up until that that last second and then it yeah. just says like oh 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 no and then and that causes jubilee to get freed she blasts her way out of there and the x-men follow suit they arrive and save the day but I don't know. The robot, that seems like a, like that robot was taking revenge on its creators almost. Like saying like, oh, you know what? Now I'm injured and dying. I'm going to bring them back to you just as the last thing. Yeah. And I'm going to fuck up your roof while I'm at it. <laughs> and, and, th and they're going to kill the last, the last five of us. Yeah. Yeah. Gyrick. Okay. Gyrick is, is like having a speech when he's talking to, I guess the president tells him to shut down what he's doing. And he's basically talking about, like, we're just going to have to do this on our own. Yeah. It, which Bolivar Trask doesn't think is a good idea. And I agree with him. But Henry Peter Garrick said, I, have to, I feel like I have to say his name every time. If I just say Henry, I don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but I want to say Peter only. Yeah. But he, he says something that to me should be a sign to anybody. Uh, I, I'd like to warn everyone out flight, there. Huh? Big time. Okay. He says, once his, his government thing gets canceled, he says, they're all fools. Those fools don't understand what they're doing. If you're calling people fools, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're starting your sentences with those fools, you are the bad guy in the story. If you start off your sentences with those fools, they don't understand. Nobody understands. They'll all listen to me. 
you've gone <laughs> off your rocker. Yep. You need to get back to the reservation, whatever the shit you want to say. You're not doing it right. You are the bad guy. I don't even care what you're supporting. You're just the bad guy. If that's how you're talking about it. I'll second that. You should just keep your ears open. If you ever find yourself saying those fools, those fools, you <laughs> fools. That seems like such the bad guy thing to say. It is, man. They all Pretty say swarmy. it. Jubilee even says at the end, when she leaves her parents to go to Xavier's Academy, she says, you guys are the best foster parents I ever had. I want to know how many foster parents she had before that. <laughs> yeah. And how bad were they that a father who reports her to the government is a good is the best that she's ever had. It doesn't make sense. I I, I believe that he loves her. I believe that he was doing what he thought was right. Yeah. But still, it's not cool, man. That's <laughs> not blood, but that you've you've chosen to take her into your house and you just can't handle her differences. How, you know? yeah, how bad were these these parents? Seriously, how abusive is she, what she dealt with? I mean, she seems to be dealing with a lot emotionally, I think. Right. As a result. But Wolverine does get his revenge, I guess, because he rips an, a sentinel apart with this clause. That's he doesn't get to attack Henry Peter Gyrick, I guess, but he goes, this one's for you, Morph. Like, it almost makes me feel like Wolverine had an affair with Morph. He's so about Morph, dude. I don't buy it for a second that Wolverine would have ever paid this guy attention. <laughs> this guy would annoy the shit out of Wolverine. Wolverine's too cool for him. I'm with you on that, man. He's too good for this Morph. So, bye-bye, Morph. Hope to never see you again. Until season two. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> they made a mistake. Well, that's that wasn't really their choice, but they made a mistake in doing that. Yeah. Um... And children were wrong to like Morph. Any child, if you liked Morph as a kid, you were incorrect. Try again. Go back and watch it. <laughs> um, that is the the show as I understand it. Um, again, it's really good. Yeah, it is. And I suggest watching it if you haven't, honestly. I mean, if you like, if you already like the X-Men or if you actually just like watching tunes, this is a good one to put on. It definitely did it justice. Yeah, I would say it represents the X-Men pretty well. I don't, again, I, when I see these good-looking white people running around, I have a hard time identifying with them as, like, outcasts, but I like the attitude. So I, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll accept it. But I don't <laughs> buy that they're, like, Cyclops could just wear his glasses and be fine. Nobody knows what he's up to. Nature of the Beast. Beast. Discover the ugly truths and dark secrets, secrets. of true crime, the paranormal, the occult, and conspiracy. Join your guides for weekly episodes and face the true nature of the Beast. Hey listeners, my name is Krista, and I host a narrative true crime podcast called The Dark Divide. I've always been interested in the circumstances and events which shape a seemingly ordinary life into something made out of our worst nightmares. And now I get to take you all along through the depths of obsessive research and my need to explore the unknown. So I invite you to come stare into the abyss with me. Right now we're available on iTunes and Podbean. See you there. Days past Tooncast, we are back. Yes, we are. We're back with our mutant buddies, the X-Men. Love them. Well, I support them. I do too. 100%. I'm behind them. I am a mutant ally. Me too. Yes. I'll put it on a Facebook somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change the color of my Facebook picture, whatever it takes to show that I support mutant rights. Yeah, right. Um, we, Tattoo. <laughs> exactly. I do have some cast information to share. Not a whole lot. I do have some information about why they casted who they casted. So Ham Saban, we're going back to old cheapskate. He did not want to hire American actors because here in America, we have residuals. Every time that you your work appears on TV, yeah. a movie, whatever, you get paid money. That's from the production company, I believe. He gets paid the same whether they show it once or 20 times. Right. But he yep. keeps having to pay money out. I think that's how it works. So he said... If we hire Canadian actors, it works differently up there. Like you basically receive a, a buyout and you get paid up front for a certain amount of stuff, but you don't get paid residuals that same way. So he's saving money by hiring Canadian actors. Well, they sent the, the, the sides, the actor's sides, which are just like lines of each character to read and sent them up there. And they got the tapes back from the auditions and they were not good. 
nobody was working. Everything was too cartoony. I bet I, I just imagine a bunch of voices that you would hear on He-Man or yeah. Hanna-Barbera or something like that. It was all horrible, huh? So they had to send one of their producers up there to Canada to get people. They're like, we have to hire theater actors. We have to get that. This is a serious show. You can't. We're hiring jazz singers and theater <laughs> exactly. actors. I would love to hear those, those auditions. <laughs> Like, I mean, because there's some already some big stuff going on in some of the reads anyway. I, they had to be gold, they're, I would imagine. They're, they're going to the uh, the Chuck E. Cheese up there and just grabbing, like, the guy <laughs> in the rat suit. Right, right. That's an actor. That's an <laughs> a performer. Um, but they finally did get the right actors, yeah. obviously, because these are the voices. They're all good. They're all very iconic. Yeah. Any version of the characters that have come since on cartoons or, uh, frankly, even the live uh, versions are kind of... I think established here pretty well as to how you act if you are these characters. And that's, that's a very important thing. A few notes about the cast specifically. Cedric Smith, who plays Professor Xavier, at the time was married to Catherine Disher, who played Jean Grey. So Xavier and Jean Grey were cheating on Cyclops. Wow. Behind Cyclops' back, they were cucking him. Whoa. Bad. <laughs> yeah. And they're divorced now, but I think they even had kids together. So that yeah. was a pretty interesting situation in the in the reading room, I guess, or what yeah. do you want the studio? <laughs> uh, Tony Daniels, who played Gambit, he also played the character Hawkeye in the Avengers animated uh, series United They Stand from like 1999. I do think we're going to have to check that out. Because it's a 90s superhero show that was apparently not that great. Okay. So. Yeah, th those are on board. Those are the good ones we welcome. Uh, although, I, again, I don't know what not that great for the 90s means. It that's may be true. fine. Yeah, I, that's Guys, true. I'm going to have to say right up. I mean, Travis and I, we're not going to be doing a whole ton of 90s shows. We're going to start peppering them for a while because. I mean, th th there's a couple of shit storms out there. We, I'm we sure have there are, to go but through. like. We're, it's just not going to be so many of them as you would think because yeah. they're just not that bad. They're not that crazy or right. whatever it is that you have an issue with. Yeah. Um, let's see. Allison Court played Jubilee. She was pretty young at the time. Uh, in fact, at 15, she played Lydia Dietz on the Beetlejuice animated series. Wow. And I knew that was, I had to say that for you and me because uh -huh. I love that show. Oh, yeah, I definitely I watched, watched it all the time on, yep. on Nickelodeon. Um, she also played, she still works to this day as VO and specifically she has played Red, uh, excuse me, Claire Redfield and all the Resident Evil games past the first one, which is like a main character. It's a big deal. Yeah, huge deal. Uh, Lenore Zahn played Rogue and all I have to say about that is that she is a governmental representative in Canada. So she's like part of the rogue is in the politics game, man. <laughs> man. Man. Uh, Ron Rubin played Morph, and he actually has he actually has a connection with another DPTC show. Okay. He played Doctor Bad Vibes on C.O.P.S. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Bad Vibes on Cops. Um, that's the one that has like a really tall head and then you, the top part of his skull you can see through to his brain. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, he played that guy. He also played uh, the Vision in the Avengers cartoon that I mentioned earlier. That, those are that's a great character. No, I don't really know how is, it worked yeah. out, but okay. This is the this is the truly the good one. The only other one that I have any information about because they all they just didn't they they've all done some other work, but not any shows that we've talked about really, and most of them very little. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Allison Court, uh, Storm originally was cast with a Canadian actor, and then they realized as they started to work on the show more, if this show gets popular, it's not going to look good if we have a white actor playing this part. There's a white actor that got cast. Because they didn't even cast based on the person's appearance. They just heard the tapes. Yeah, for sure. So why, so why would you? But yeah. then they thought, you know, this is not going to look good. And I... I, I I, I think that's cool. I mean, I think they ultimately landed with a great voice anyway, yeah. but that sucks for the old actor. But I mean, the way they did it, just picking off of voices alone, that's, I mean, that's That's pretty, about how it should be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that actor had already had already recorded a number of episodes, I yeah. believe, especially, uh, certainly the first two. And so they brought in another actor named Iona Morris, who was American. It was just easier, I guess, to get someone who was American right then. When Haim Saban realized that, <laughs> yeah. he said no. And that, by the way, Iona Morris recorded multiple episodes of the show as well. Then Haim Saban recast her again with the Canadian actor, Allison Seeley Smith, who is Canadian, so that he would not have to pay residuals. <laughs> That's so I'm assuming the versions that we watched are Allison Seeley Smith. Yeah. But when we first saw them, they were not, probably. 
Mm. Crazy. That's, I mean, that's all that production crap for just to not, to save money. And I mean, that's very canny of him because these shows got rerun a bunch so that he did save a bunch of money, but like he cut, he, <laughs> this, uh, one of the things that just really told me who he was, was that the, uh, the showrunner, like his second season, Saban tried to have his salary cut just because he could, like, just because he wanted to save money. Like, he, he didn't even want to pay him the same amount after they had a hit on their hands. He wanted Jimmy to pay him less. Christmas. Just cutting shit left and right, man. This is like, he's like a cutthroat Lou Scheimer, it yeah. seems like. Like, Lou's not going to put anybody out for that. But, like, this guy was just snip, 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 man. Everywhere he could, man. Haim. Haim Saban. And that is my cast trivia. Good deal, man. Well, you know what, buddy? Yeah. After that trivia. Mm-hmm. How about we go to a little, uh, little little toy talk over there, buddy? Cool. Better check your watch. Because it's time for Travis's Tooncast Toy Corner. Guys, this is the part where I get to test Will on a little toy knowledge. Um, but this one's going to be a little different. We're going to do two toys, and then after that, we're going to go straight trivia with it. Because you claim to be such this comic book buff, mm -hmm. as you call it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see. I'm going to really test it and see if you're worthy of even saying those words. I take comic steroids every day. Well, I think I should be good. Your body doesn't look, well, your body does look like it. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. You do. I got a bunch of uh, injection marks on my butt. All right, man. And after um, yeah, after that segue uh, about the toys, we're not even actually doing two toys. It's going to be It's going to be one cosplay item. And one comic book item, because these let two me, are really interesting. Let me at them. All right, buddy. First on the docket here, sir, yeah. is a custom, a custom leather costume based on Gambit from X-Men. Now, this is a one-of-a-kind, one handmade, includes leather jacket, leather headpiece. I was going to say, the headpiece is important. And, uh, and the, the, leather, the leather collar. Does it include metal boots? No. Okay, that that is a big misstep on their part. Yeah, right. Um, the his costume is insane. It is. If and you take that trench coat away, it looks like he's going to jazzercise, <laughs> big time. There's pink dots and right. stuff on this black bodysuit, and then he has like blue. Yeah. I, and there's just lines on the <laughs> neck piece. It's really yeah. weird. It looks great, but it's it's just weird how it comes now, together. Now, now this costume is it's pretty Primo. it's pretty awesome. Okay, um, I'm gonna say one hundred dollars. Oh man, Will, you silly little birthday boy. What? It's two thousand five hundred fifty dollars. Oh my god! No way. Yeah, this well, is. Well, you have to be a specific size for it. Well, this is custom leather. I mean, so I'm pretty sure you send them your measurements, and for that money, they'll go ahead and tailor it. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then probably they're making a number of them. And they're just lying. They'll make them for you <laughs> and you and you. Yeah. I'm that's calling true. liar on that. Wow, two thousand and something. Yep. All right, man. Next on the docket here is a Wolverine comic book. This is a limited series, number one. Mm -hmm. It is graded a 5.5, and it does have Stan Lee's signature. I know how much you love Stan Lee. You hate her. He didn't even create Wolverine or write the character. It's got his signature, it's though. Five, it's rated a 5.5, like on the, the comic book uh, like quality scale. Yeah. That's low. That's low? Yeah. Okay. Well, then that'll still add to that. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're like nine point five is like a, a very high, very almost mint, yeah, yeah. almost minty. Uh, <laughs> it's like a pepper pepperminty. Yeah. Um. Man, I'm gonna what like twenty? I don't know. With Stanley signing it, I guess like uh fifty bucks. Mmm. Jubilation. <laughs> you part of that? <laughs> no. One thousand six hundred and thirty nine dollars. Lord, man. That's that Stanley signature, buddy. That's insane. It really is, buddy. It yeah. Really is. Well, screw him. Stan, like, I love you, baby. You're like, forget him. No, nah, I mean, he's cool, but like, it's funny. He didn't even create or write Wolverine. I mean, he's not, he's very little. The idea that there are mutants is about the most he has contributed, in my opinion. All right, man. Here we go. This is All part right, of really, time. I, yeah, forget those All toys. Right. I really want to get to this. We're okay, doing here we this. Go. Here we go. All right, man. Um, I'm going to give you the question followed by four multiple choice. Oh, okay, great. Should I do that or should I just let you see if you got it and then hit you with the four multiples? How about if I'm having a really hard time I hit you with four multiples? Yeah, gotcha. yeah. If I'm like I have no idea then. All right. So the X, according to the comic book, the X in X-Men. What is that is someone they they explain that that means something. What what does that stand for? I've heard multiple explanations, so I'll, I'll give the ones that I'm aware of. Uh, one is the idea that Xavier uh, discovered it. So that's one idea, and so it's named after him. One is to say that they have, like, extra power or whatever. Okay. Um, but it's the X gene 
is like an X factor is how I've just heard it described. And that is uh, how I've heard it described. All right, man. So you did name one of them. Okay. And it was Extra Power. That's stupid. That's the stupidest one. It says here in the first issue of X-Men, yeah. Charles Xavier Forget explains that. to Jean Grey that the X stands for Extra Power. Okay. And and you know you know who wrote that one? Hmm. Stan Lee. Yeah. That's my- a dumbass <laughs> thing. That is the dumbest way. You know, it stands for Extra Power, the second <laughs> letter in the thing. God, dumb, dumb. <laughs> Okay, man. Let's go on to the next one here, buddy. All right. So, um, what does the X stand for in Weapon X? Uh, it's been retconned so that it stands for ten. Actually, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a more recent. That was like in the early two thousands. My particular favorite, my second favorite run of X Men was a writer named Grant Morrison, and he created created that idea. Wowzers, man, yeah. so, dude. So far, mm-hmm. you're. Uh... I'm part of that generation. Yeah, your steroids are are kicking butt right now, man. Oh, shit, yeah, they're kicking in right now. I'm getting so X-rageful. Let's move on down here, the the chassis path. Mm -hmm. Which Avenger is Polaris remotely related to? Do you need need multiple choice on this one? Remotely related to? Yep. I mean, she's the daughter of Magneto. Okay, so here we go. I'll give you a... Havoc, and that she is with him. Here we go. Okay. So which Avenger is she related to? Um, You have Black Panther, Beast, Thor... Or Vision? Uh, Vision is going to be the closest one that I can think of in that, in the comics, the Vision was married to the Scarlet Witch. The Scarlet Witch is the daughter of Magneto. Polaris is, oh, well, I don't even need that. What am I saying? The Vision is married to Scarlet Witch, and Scarlet Witch is her sister. God dang it, Will. You are good, <laughs> yeah, man. man. Dude, yes, so, I read too many comics, br- believe me. Brother-in-law, indeed. You, yeah. you got it on the head, man. Mm-hmm. Not okay. anymore. They're divorced now. <laughs> robot robot marriages don't last, guys. They don't last <laughs> yeah, long Yeah, I hate to tell you. <laughs> I think somebody married a Sentinel. Oh, jeez Louise. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, here we go. Who was Cyclops introduced as in the first issue of X-Men? Like, the name? Mm-hmm. Slim Summers? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's weird. How, that's another Stan Lee type thing. I like that nickname for him because I think Later of him on as being with Scott lanky. Summers, right? Well, Scott is his name, but Slim is a nickname. Mm. Is how they ultimately described him. All right, buddy. Yeah, you freaking turd bird. <laughs> okay, I mean, <laughs> this says says nothing about your character for me to get these right. That's true. All right, man. So Iceman mm-hmm. is revealed to be gay. Uh, that I guess everyone already suspected that. Um, but he's not the first mutant to officially be outed in comics. North who, Star. Who was? North Star. <laughs> and Alpha okay. Flight. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. That was it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we're, we're the, these multiple choice. Now, tell me if these multiple choices were even like even a question that could have been. Uh-huh. They, they put Anol um, and Mr. Sinister. Could they have even been flamboyantly gay? I barely know, but no, Mr. Sinister is a big, unless, Mr. Sinister seems like he would be omnisexual, if anything, to me. So, (laughs) he's all into genetics and fucking with people, so it seems like he would just have some weird twist of the mind or something. And how'd they they portray that? How'd they portray North Star being... I didn't read it, but I mean, I don't think it was particularly well handled. I mean, it was the 90s, but like, I, I haven't read the issue, so I can't comment. Well, wow. comment. All right, man. So Beast originally appeared as an ape-like human, but would undergo a transformation, making him appear, well, more beast-like. What color was his fur originally after his transformation? It was gray originally. Yep. Yeah. It looks kind of weird when you see him. He looks more like a bear a little bit or something yeah. <laughs> when he's not blue. I think maybe that's why they changed it. It's like, oh, he just looks like an animal. Yeah. All right, man. Um, which of these X-Men were uh, was born in the good old USA? Storm. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Colossus. Storm was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Night, Nightcrawler was born in Germany, Colossus in, in uh, Russia, and Wolverine, I believe, in Canada. He's supposed to be Canadian. All right. All right, buddy. Shout out to our Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which original X-Force member was a sibling to an X-Men? Do you need the names? Uh, the one that I'm thinking of is, uh, Warpath, who is the brother of Thunderbird. Is that... Yeah. <laughs> you, you seem so disappointed uh-huh, sometimes. Uh-huh. No, I, man, this is really, I mean, th- I'm glad that you're not a liar to me, because yeah. I'd have to end this podcast yeah. with you. I mean, X-Men isn't my main thing, but I've read, I, I love X-Men, and I have read a bit about them as well as just reading them. All right, buddy. Warren Worthington the third, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Angel. Or Archangel. 
Archangel, um, would be transformed by Apocalypse into Archangel. Mm -hmm. This wouldn't be the first time Angel had a makeover from a villain. What other X-Men villain changed his look? Magneto, Mr. Sinister, Mimic, or I guess Krokoa? Krokoa? Uh, Krokoa, yeah. It was this like giant living island. I really don't know on that one. Um, Because, I mean, that was a very major change in his appearance. Um, I'm going to take a guess. I mean, the Archangel thing, him becoming Archangel was after or around the same time as Mr. Sinister even appearing. Yeah. I don't think Krakoa did it because it's a giant. That was like the end of the old X-Men and he was original X-Men. Um, the other options are Magneto and who? Um, Mimic or Mr. Sin- yeah, uh, so Magneto and Mimic. Mimic was a member of the team and could mimic their powers. I don't know why he would have changed that person's appearance, but I'm going to say Magneto. I really don't think it's him necessarily, but... I don't think it was Mimic. It was indeed Magneto. Oh, Magento. It says here that while pursuing, uh, I'm going to butcher this. Go for it. Sauron. Sauron. Sauron yeah. in the Savage Land, um, uh, Angel is attacked by hmm, Pterodon, Pteranodons? Yeah. And yeah. falls to his likely death. Angel was then saved by the uh, creator and given a new blue and white costume. The creator is revealed to be Magneto because deep down all villains just want to be fashion designers. Oh, I would put Magneto in charge of some fashion. Yeah, right. I like the helmet. I mean, <laughs> in the cape. You kidding me? Hell yeah. All right. Uh, this is up for debate uh, as to whether the X-Men are a ripoff of another superhero team uh, that debuted just three months before mm-hmm. the X-Men. What team was that? Doom Patrol. DC yes, Comics. Sir, yes, also sir. had a great run by none other than Grant Morrison, the same writer I just mentioned. Okay. Much right. much longer before that. All right, all right, all right. Um, which of these regular X-Men enemies is not a mutant in the comics? We have Pyro, mm-hmm. Mastermind, mm-hmm. Sebastian Shaw, mm-hmm. and the Juggernaut. Juggernaut. You're correct, he sir. He is powered by the mystical um, gem of Sidorak or something like that, uh, which has some strange, some tie to Doctor Strange. I mean, in the in the cartoon, I actually saw a Juggernaut one a while ago, and he was also powered by that that gem in the cartoon. So he's not a mutant in the cartoon either. Which I like on one hand that they were they were proper about it. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, just make him a mutant. It makes it so much easier. Uh, <laughs> like that's why Stan Lee came up with mutants yeah. was so that he wouldn't have to keep coming up with reasons why people had powers. And so at least use that, make him an, a, a mutant. It's crazy that someone in the mutant world would have the terrible or great luck or whatever to find the, this gem. It just seems bonkers to me, man. You are really good. Will. you're impressive, dude. All right. So let's move on. This is the last one here. One of my personal favorite uh, mm-hmm, guys mm-hmm. here. Um, this is over Nightcrawler. So He's great. besides the X-Men, what team was Nightcrawler strongly involved with and would eventually lead? Excalibur. <laughs> Son of an X-Men B. Yeah. You are the fucking man, and it is your birthday today, sir. I want to uh-huh. share that with the with all the podcast listeners. That's right. Today is your birthday. My birthday is X-Men Day. Yes, it is, man. Mm-hmm. It was a very special day. And um, earlier, I told you I had your presents. Yes. But um, in, in typical Travis fashion, it's got to be mailed to me. <laughs> it's going to be late. <laughs> like everything. Yes. That's okay, buddy. So I went ahead and uh, I sent you a text message yeah, picture. Yeah, I haven't opened up. I haven't opened that. And, man, you can open, you can look at that when you want to and, and kind of oh, explain. Oh, man. That's coming to you, buddy. Oh, you guys are going to want this thing. Yes. You, now, it's different. If you're in a band, you can't do this. But if you're on a, to- a, a tune cast, <laughs> you can definitely do this. We, I, I have got an awesome black hoodie with none other than the Days Past Tunecast logo emblazoned on the front yes, with sir. pride. Yes, oh sir. my gosh, dude! I'm I'm gonna wear the shit out of That's this. That's the good, good man. Yeah, man. Oh, dude, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Thank you, buddy. No problem. Thank buddy. you so much, my tune casting buddy, my tune casting partner. We're three months into this, and I'm so glad. Yeah, me too, yeah. man. Me too. Buddy. It's going great. It is. All right. Well, before we uh, get into our Ooh, wrap big, up spiel, the okay, big news. We got a big announcement. Oh so, man. So Travis and I have decided that. For our benefit and for y'all's benefit, we're going to have Filmation February. Oh, man. Every week, 
and possibly more often. We don't know yet. Yeah. But at least every week, we will be covering a different Filmation cartoon. Filmation, the people who brought you Brave Star, who brought you He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yes. Who brought you some other cartoons that we haven't even covered yet. We're going to tag on some old stuff. We're going to tag on some new shows that we haven't talked about before. I believe we're going to have at least one guest in there mixed in. It's going to be awesome. They made the funniest, probably the most easily make funnable cartoons, and yet most enjoyable in many ways, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that we could possibly hope for. We want to we've both earned actually they've earned a lot of respect from us uh, for what they do it's it, crazy it, as far as uh, doing a podcast goes um, Filmation creates podcast gold yes. if you will You could. we could just do even just a He-Man podcast <laughs> like our current structure yeah. just on He-Man episodes but we will be touching on He-Man we will be touching on Brave Star we've got two other ones coming down the pike and we'll reveal those as we go but guys please come back next week we're going to be talking Filmation because it is the beginning of Filmation February. Mm, mm. And in the meantime, and all through February and until the end of time, you can contact us uh, at dptooncast on Twitter. You can email us at dptooncast at gmail.com. And you can also visit our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash dptooncast. Yes. Write us, reach out, let us know what you think, what you want to hear and see, any suggestions you have. Please just reach out and touch Draw somebody. Us a line. Yeah. And, and we're all we're found everywhere podcasts are found. Yes. And we're also and also my other podcast yes. is also found everywhere the podcasts are found. Podcast. Podcast. Um, that's podcast.com. <laughs> yes. That's uh, that's Nature of the Beast that I'm in. It's a true crime podcast with a twist I do with Brandon and Catherine. And we just cut a new episode, The Disappearance of Natalie Holloway. It's a big deal. This is our first one in a in a month or so. So mm-hmm. it's good stuff, man. Excellent. You need to check that out. Excellent. I will for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you want them to check it out as well? Oh no, just you. Okay, yeah, cool. Just you can do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll let you guys yeah. know how, how it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll let them know about it. Yeah. I'm well, interpreting it for yeah, them. Yeah, we'll talk about it yeah. on this or whatever. Well, guys, I don't know how soon we'll come back to the X Men, only because it is just so good. Uh-huh. Like I, I don't mean, know. I mean, listen, we'll probably watch it. We'll, we'll watch, watch it them. anyway. But like, I, I we'll, I'll keep be on the lookout for stuff that we could possibly do more with uh we have a there's so many fans of it it wouldn't wouldn't be hard to get Mimo or anybody really to come back and talk about it but uh, we're gonna leave that on the rack for a while there are other (laughs) ones that we need to get back to before we ever get back to this for sure all right guys uh i'm gonna say tutor my duder on this birthday of mine yes happy tutor my duder hey hey will yeah buddy hey tutor my duder i will happy birthday see you guys peace i love x men and i cannot lie you muted haters can't deny when a guy walks in with an X on his waist and a visor on his face, you get stoked. When they break through the wall, fighting robots at the local mall. Deep in their genes mutated, by the world they're feared and hated. Eugene Gray, I want to get with ya. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Stanley tried to warn me, but those Wolverine claws... Jubilation, you're part of that generation. X Gene, X Gene. Storm's about to flood the scene. She's gonna make you wet. Catch more wind than a blackbird jet. I'm tired of government schemes. Sending sentinel machines. So, X fans, X fans, you got a mutant crush? Tell them, X Man, X Man, I support your civil rights. X Men attack. And uh, digital room, uh, uh Juggernaut's in trouble Rope's kiss got him seeing double Now I'm running from Magneto And Xavier's on Cerebro calling up heroes My adamantium claws come with a big set of balls So humans say you're whack? Well I ain't down with that Say mutant and proud Even Sabretooth's gotta shout X-Men attack!